0: And now, more sports and torts with David Spada and Elliot Harris.
1: Nice to see you again, Elena. How are you doing?
0: Hi, good morning. How are you?
1: Good. Did you make Elliot sit in the front or the back seat?
0: I allowed Elliot to ride shotgun.
1: Oh, okay. Excellent driver.
0: Oh, you're right. (laughs) That pickup that I almost clipped.
2: (laughs) No problem. Did
1: he give you a tip?
0: (laughs) Not yet. Like he said earlier, in negotiations. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, Helena, are you still working out as much as you were last year?
0: Oh, absolutely. I'm totally on track and ready to go. I'm looking forward to my second invite.
1: Invite to the...
0: To, well, I wanted you to say it.
1: To the Arnold?
0: The, the, the Arnold.
1: <laughs> in Columbus, Ohio.
0: The 20, uh, 24th year this year of For the you? Arnold. Uh, yes, I'm just 24 as well. <laughs> thank, thank you, Elliot. Love you. Oh.
1: There won't be any Maria there this year? Uh,
0: You know, I I haven't heard.
2: (laughs) Uh, If I were a betting person, I would
1: say no Maria Shriver. Doesn't she have to count how much money's coming in because she's getting half of it?
0: (laughs) I think they're in reconciliation talks, actually, so maybe, maybe not. You're
1: kidding. I didn't hear
2: that.
0: I did hear that. Yeah, I
2: I heard. David, you're usually up on all this stuff. It's got to be a very strange world of Arnold Schwarzenegger and Maria Shriver. We talked about it last year when all this stuff happened. It's just like he has a, a grown child with uh, somebody who was a housekeeper or whatever. This just pops up overnight. you know. Something suddenly came up. Yeah.
0: <laughs> a few times maybe. <laughs> yeah, several probably.
2: <laughs> anyway, last year at the 2011 Arnold, you took home a trophy. I did. Uh, And
0: she's not here. She's at home with the rest of the girls. Okay. Class B figure, does that sound right? That's exactly right. Your memory is impeccable. Well,
2: I don't know about that. And so are you competing again in Class B?
0: Well, they do measure you every year. So hopefully, for my sake, I haven't grown or shrunk, and I will be in the same class. Well,
2: you might have grown in some places and shrunk in others. What's the classes for this (laughs) (laughs)
0: No, <laughs> it's, a, it's a height class?
2: <laughs> it's based on bus size, Dave. No. <laughs> no,
0: no. Not no. at all. It is a height class. Um, it goes, I think, every inch, inch and a half. So it's class A through F in inch, inch and a half increments. And much to my chagrin, last year when I went, I had written on my application that I was 5'1". Well, they measured me and they said, oh, you're five two and a half. We're moving you from class A to class B." And I said, "Can you measure me again?" <laughs> so did you have did. your heels on
1: your stilettos? No, you're,
0: you're wearing flats at this point. And they did measure me again, and I was, in fact, five two and a half. So they moved me, and I was the shortest girl in the uh, B class. But
1: how high? How, how high? How tall can you be for <laughs> the B class? I
0: believe it goes to five three and a half.
1: And then, what's the highest class again? F. And how tall is that up to?
0: I would say that's probably so. If you're going an inch, you know A B C D E F. That's five or six. So you're probably going five seven. Okay. Five eight.
2: Amazon and above.
0: Well, it, well, then you put the girls in the five inch heels, and yeah, you're, these are some long legged ladies.
2: No kidding. no kidding. So is it good to be in a, a shorter category or a taller category, or?
0: Well, you know, it depends on the physique that the judges are really looking for, and that can be anything. However, in bodybuilding, uh, short muscle usually wins because the bellies of the muscles look fuller. And they look more rounded. It's harder for taller athletes. Like basketball players are often long and lean. They don't ever appear really bulky and, and short. So uh, shorter athletes in bodybuilding usually do better. Um, but you know this is this is women and this isn't bodybuilding. So um, it's going to be a nice combination of, of taut physique. Um, you know, nice lines is what they're really looking for. Could you have what, aren't we, fit- we all?
1: <laughs> you have fitness. You have bikini figure. Have the- figure.
0: Yes. Oh yes.
1: Which one are you competing in again? It's figure. Let's
0: figure, we're not bikini um, girls, we don't, um, we actually, well, well, we work out. (laughs) Uh,
2: For the uninitiated, bikini tends to be a little softer body, it's like, okay, you can walk in off, well, you can't really walk in off the street, but a lot of the girls just are are naturally, look good in a bikini.
0: It's more like the Hawaiian Tropic uh, competitions used to be, you remember those?
1: Yes, yes. So where would the Kardashians fit in? Or they don't fit in anywhere. <laughs> they fit into the bodybuilding.
0: Don't they have their own like planet? And they're you know they're just circling each other. I mean, isn't that what they're doing? I think Kim
2: would fit in with the butt building competition. <laughs> she's got some junk in the trunk. I, well, I can't speak from personal. I think experience. she's
0: a, a beautiful woman. I, I just uh, you know I'll just go from the waist up. I was going to say
2: you look at her face, and, and she's very attractive. But there's it's like. Mr. Potato Head. They put different pieces <laughs> together, and it doesn't doesn't look like it quite all fits. And they try to to pass it off as here's somebody who could pass for a a, a figure competitor, and and that's oh, not no, her. Oh no, she
0: could never no, pass she, for a figure competitor. Far too curvy, um, you know. Definitely, definitely not.
1: So, what does your workout consist of?
0: Well, we're on the light side now. So mostly cardio, uh, which I hate, (laughs) but it has to be done. Um, You know, last year I came into the comp about 110. This year I'm looking to come in about 106. So we're looking to move up places. Uh, Last year I took fifth place and I'm hoping a little bit tighter and a little bit leaner will push me up higher in the placings. It seems that the girls that came in a little ahead of me were just a little bit tighter and firmer.
1: Less pasta eating.
0: Come on, you're killing me.
2: (laughs) Well, you like pasta? I love pasta. After the competition, after the competition.
0: Cheesecake Factory. Are we going again, Elliot? Sure. Okay, all right. What did I get last year, the red velvet? Yeah. Yeah, that was delicious.
2: Okay, when you're not in competition, can you eat like a normal human being?
0: When I'm off-season, I usually weigh about 116 pounds, and I do eat like a normal person. Um, it just makes it that much more difficult for me to rein myself back in about 16 weeks out from comp and start dieting. That's why you leave yourself so much time, because the body has to adjust accordingly. You can't just stop eating. you know, The right. next day, just gorge yourself and then no food. That doesn't work. You slowly have to meticulously wind it down um, with the right foods. I actually tried bison the other day, and I loved it. Um, It's got less fat than skinless, boneless chicken, and it's healthier than red meat. It's leaner than red meat, and the taste is far superior to red meat. So I'm a convert.
1: So you're not a vegetarian?
0: Oh, no, no, no. I don't eat a lot of red meat. When I go out for a steak, you know, to a steak place, I want a steak. So this is a nice alternative to having a steak. And I've cooked it at home a couple times, but bison is expensive. So I'm going to have to maybe find a company that will maybe sponsor me (laughs) and or, um, you know, do some kind of home shipping thing where they uh, do it wholesale. What about veal? Not so much.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So... As you prepare to compete, how does your diet change? Are there various stages where you will eat one group of foods and won't eat another group of foods?
0: Well, I try to keep my carbohydrates on the days that I'm allowed to have carbohydrates in the morning. So that will be my uh, old-fashioned ground oatmeal, steel-cut oats, which is not very exciting. Not donuts? Not donuts. Um no. <laughs> Homer. And I have to do that at the beginning of the day so I have the rest of the day to burn it off. But a typical meal will consist for me of a chicken breast with garlic and ginger uh, and chili. So a little spice, um, mixed in with some red green peppers and some baby spinach sautéed in a pan. I'm hungry, Elliot. Not
2: not cream spinach.
0: (laughs) No, no cream spinach. This is fresh, fresh uh, red peppers. I love cream spinach. Now everything is fresh and raw, and I prefer to put it in kind of at the end so that they stay crunchy. I don't like my vegetables soggy.
1: Sautéed in butter. No. <laughs> olive
0: oil? I shouldn't even say olive oil, but you know what? Here's the secret about the olive oil. What people don't understand is that olive oil, um, you have to cook low and slow. It only becomes bad for you when you have the temperature too high. So if you do sauté something in olive oil, just be patient and cook it on a low flame, and those fats will not become dimples.
1: Now, wait. <laughs> How does cooking olive oil bad if you cook it too quick?
0: Its smoking point is very high, Um and I really don't fully understand it, and I can't articulate it to you. Thanks okay. for putting me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm going to have to go find that article and, and get it. But I remember that it specifically said that if you cook on a low, slow burn for olive oil, that you will not have the nasty, yucky side effects from uh, from cooking it. Like sear, when you sear a steak right. or you deep fry, you pan fry something, that's what gives those, uh, I guess it's the trans fats.
2: I'll well, fa- welcome, fair to me. welcome to David Spada on nutrition.
0: I watch
1: Paula Dean. What do
0: I know? Oh, Paula Dean. Uh, yeah, oh,
2: okay. there's, a, there's oh. a wonderful example.
0: I saw that interview on the Today Show, and um, I watch a lot of the Travel Channel, and I love Anthony Bourdain and Andrew Zimmern. They're hilarious. And Anthony had a real fit about Paula taking money from the drug company. Right. Hi,
2: I'm Paula Dean. And for some inexplicable reason, I have type 2 diabetes. It, it could be all the lard I in, ingest on a minute-by-minute basis.
0: Well, everything she cooks has butter in it. I know. I mean, she's got, got a just, butter face. Yeah,
2: uh, <laughs> She's got m- more than that. Remember, butter
0: butt. Remember a couple of years ago she got hit in the face with a ham, a frozen yeah. ham?
1: Who threw a ham at her?
0: Well, she was going to like a, a segment or something, and somebody was like, hey, Paula, they just tossed it, and <laughs> she didn't catch it, it hit her in the face. You can Google that.
1: I'll have to
2: watch that. I'm surprised <laughs> she didn't just open her mouth and start... Ch- no, no. <laughs> She's a southern belle. <laughs> mm, I don't know about that.
0: Well, we all have, you know, issues we have to
2: overcome. Yes, we do. <laughs> Bell shaped <laughs> That's a big bell if that's a bell-shaped You don't mean bell
0: pepper, do you? No,
2: I don't mean that's way too healthy for (laughs) So when is the Arnold? What's the exact days?
0: March 1st through March 4th, uh, Columbus, Ohio. Again, it's the 24th year. Um, So next year is going to be their silver anniversary. And I'm thinking... You're you're
2: pretty good at math here, aren't you? 23,
0: 24, 25. Oh, Good. (laughs) Um I'm, I'm thinking that if I get invited back, and, and, uh, and thank you guys for having me back here as well. We appreciate it. Um, if I get invited back next year, that they'll probably do something really special, being a silver anniversary for him. This year they donated a bronze statue of Arnold. It's life-size, and he's doing his classic Arnold pose. Um, and it's downtown Columbus, uh, not far from the Christopher Columbus statue. So I'm going to go find it and get a picture of it. With so is year. that
2: Arnold on steroids, the... the- bulked up
0: well he's in his trunks and yeah he's doing his <laughs> he's, he's thing got
2: muscles upon so muscles. back in the day not now in his trunks. And, no, no. <laughs> Ar- Arnold in the early 70s
0: yeah that, even in the prime you know
1: because what's his name is at those shows Lou Ferrigno and he's still in great shape oh the he Hulk. is I yeah. saw him
0: last year he's in phenomenal shape he's incredible yeah or an incredible Hulk shape amazing amazing and and you know and some of them you know Frank Zane was there too and um, if he didn't have a poster over him, you know, big life-size black and white, I wouldn't have known it was Frank Zane he just goes, walking by. Goes, oh, it's,
2: it's some older guy. How That's, does he look?
0: Pretty much, um, he looks great, but, I mean, he was completely covered up. He was wearing, like, a leather bomber jacket, and he was signing autographs. His hair is white, and he was wearing a baseball cap. Very nonconspicuous, very humble, just doing his thing. But, um, you know, really would never have known that that was underneath there.
2: <laughs> so have you scoped out the competition?
0: Well, you know, it's funny because you I know, ask.
2: Because I know you're like
0: that. You know I'm, a, I'm type <laughs> A. Um, last year, the Arnold uh, competitor list was released. Help. Oh, my. Sorry about that. Lost my, lost my head. Or you <laughs> <all> your headphones. <laughs> Um, the competitor list was released a little earlier last year, and for the amateurs, it hasn't come out. I did contact the chair, Bob Lorimer, and he emailed me back saying that the competitor list will be um, in the next two weeks. They're waiting for the Europeans to get uh, their list so soon.
1: What about the Germans?
0: <laughs> Everybody.
2: <laughs> so is the top competition come from abroad, from Europe? and? Uh...
0: You know, honestly, Elliot, last year it was so... Uh, you know, consumed is probably the right word, consumed into focusing on what my game plan was, that I don't know, you know, the names of the other girls in my class, I don't know where they were from. I did see team jackets all over the expo, which is wonderful. You see Polska, you see Italia, you see Mexico, um, and that's really neat to see because it's kind of like a mini Olympics. Um, that's really cool. But the girls in my own class, I really, you know, you, you're on stage with, stage with them for about five minutes. So there's no time to talk. It's all you don't business.
1: hang out then with each other beforehand.
0: No, it's all business. Elliot and I did see one of the girls that won a class at the Cheesecake Factory uh, later, and she had her trophy and her pink lady jacket, right? Which I wanted, <laughs> and you know, and you give a friendly hey, congratulations, you know, as they're walking by. But you know, there really isn't much more going on than that. A pink jacket? It was like a like a grease pink ladies jacket, you know, satin. It says the Arnold on it. It was really cool looking. Hey, I'm I'm
1: going seventies now. Pinky Tuscadero. <laughs> <Ew>. David <laughs> you is still stuck drop
0: in a <laughs> No graduation day for you.
1: <laughs> or I'm thinking, what's the other one? Uh, Greece.
0: Yeah. Uh oh. Who's Pinky Tuscadero?
1: From Happy Days. Oh boy.
0: <laughs> I you thought you were
1: th- Frenchie. Frenchie.
0: Frenchie. I thought you were talking about Frenchie.
1: No, I was talking Happy Days. But okay. You don't remember Happy Days. That was before your
2: time.
0: I remember Happy Days, but not that well.
2: David's fixated on uh, some of these shows, some of these people. I, I
1: think deep down there's a Scott Bayo.
0: Oh, please say there isn't.
1: You're, I'm fascinated on family matters. I'm an Urkel fan.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was later.
1: That was in the 80s, early 90s. You remember Urkel.
0: I do remember Urkel. I, yeah. What's his name? Jaleel White? Yeah, Barrett? don't call him Barrett? Urkel.
1: He gets very upset about <laughs> that. But he made a lot of money off that character. But let's get to our next guest. An NBA or Basketball <laughs> Hall of Famer, former, he played for the Bulls for a couple of years, Golden State Warrior, multi-time All-Star, Nate Thurman. How are you doing, Nate?
3: Fine, fine. How are you guys doing this morning?
1: Good. We're talking about fitness here with a fitness model, and she's telling us about how we should eat and everything like that.
3: I should I should have heard that. <laughs> <laughs> you,
2: you don't have to worry about that anymore. Back in the day, you were in pretty good shape.
3: Yeah, back in the day, but I I could use a little advice right now, I think. (laughs) Yeah, but you got that restaurant
1: there. It's kind of hard to uh, eat healthy when you're eating Big Nate's, what, barbecue? Uh,
3: No, I sold the restaurant a year and a half ago. I'm retired. Oh, you're tired of cooking up the beef and the pork? Uh, I'm tired of cooking. I wasn't cooking anyway, but I'm tired of standing (laughs) around.
2: So what do you do nowadays? Just take it easy.
3: Just take it easy. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not a golfer, but uh, you know, I spend a lot of time with my wife now, and uh, we uh, do a little bit of traveling and uh, you know such. So you can always find things to fill up your time. Watch a lot of NBA, obviously. Okay. What what
2: do you think of today's NBA game?
3: I love it. Uh, you know, a lot of people uh, say that uh, you know they give it to one person, they stand the other four guys stand around, but still the athleticism in the players today is uh, something to behold as far as I'm concerned. I mean, you know, everybody can uh, dribble both hands, pass it off to dribble, things that some of us couldn't do back in the day. So it's still an interesting game to me, and I and I enjoy it.
1: I mean, you had a very good high school teammate in Gus Johnson. Did you guys ever lose a game in Akron?
3: Yes, we did. Unfortunately, we uh, we were going into the uh, the, the, state tourney, and we, we got beat by a team, uh, that, uh, didn't have a player over 6'3, but they pressed us all over the floor. We, we had a pretty big team, and, but we couldn't handle the press. So, uh, we got beat, but, uh, you said pretty good player. No, Gus was better than that. He was a great player. He, he was, uh, unbelievable. Uh, long before his time, he was, uh, the LeBron of the, of the, of our day.
2: Yeah, I was I was going to say for those people who did not have the pleasure of watching Gus Johnson, if you had taken Gus Johnson and put him in a time machine and put him into a world that had ESPN and highlights and NBA TV and all this other stuff, that they would just wouldn't 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 you wouldn't believe what he was able to do.
3: A superstar, I mean, I mean this guy could jump out the gym. I remember one of his slogans was, he said, "I tell my legs how high, and they go higher." I mean, he he could fly. I mean, you know, on the ball with both hands. Uh, really, uh, you know, six foot six, two hundred thirty-five pounds of muscle. He was a great player.
1: Similar to like, sounds like Maurice Stokes. Jack Twine was telling me that guy could do everything.
3: Yeah, Maurice was a little bit before my time. Uh, you know, back in uh, you know Akron, I'm from Akron, Ohio. We couldn't see too many games, uh, NBA games. I used to see an NBA game on Saturday afternoon. I never will forget it. And most of the time, it was the Detroit Pistons uh, with, uh, oh, geez, but uh, Felix, uh, Ray Felix okay. was the center uh, back in those days. I, mean, I know a lot of people listening saying, who, who are you talking about? I remember. But Ray Felix was six foot eleven, and uh, I used to watch uh, Detroit all the time. That was uh, my only exposure to the NBA.
2: Did you tell yourself, you know, I could be as good or better than Ray Felix? I can play in that league?
3: Well, you know, you know, uh, What was amazing about it, I used to tell my mother all the time, I want to be just like Ray Felix. And Ray Felix was 6'11", and I turned out to be 6'11". My mother (laughs) used to tell me that all the time. Did you ever meet Ray Felix? No, I never met him.
1: And then you went to play at Bowling Green there. How did you end up at Bowling Green?
3: Well, I ended up at Bowling Green uh, because my high school coach, Joe Siegfried, a great great coach, uh, went to Bowling Green. And he always talked about Bowling Green, Bowling Green. And then I went to take a visit to Ohio State, and it was just too big for me. I wasn't ready for that. You know, to take a bike to class and all that stuff. And so I went to visit uh, at Bowling Green. I just fell in love with the place. It was uh, in the Midwest. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm from a relatively small town, Akron. Some people think it's a you know, big city, but it's 250,000 people. But, uh, you know, small-town atmosphere anyway. And, uh, you know, when I went to BG, uh, you know, it's a very small town, probably 15,000 people in the town. And I went up there on a Sunday. Uh, and I just fell in love with BG, just the, the, the campus and all that. And I came back home and I told my mother, I'm going to BG. So that's how it happened.
2: So in in high school, you got to play against Jerry Lucas?
3: No, no, Jerry Lucas was down in Columbus. Uh, he, he, he was, no, excuse me, he was in uh, another little small town. I forget uh, the name of the town. So we never we never did hook up with it. We wanted to, because uh, you know Gus was was the better player, and, and and Jerry Lucas was getting all the headlines. We wanted to uh, get down there so Gus could rough him up a little bit, but we never could, get, got get to play to them because they were like uh, he went to high school maybe 150 miles away or so, okay. maybe a little bit more than that. So there was never never any uh, interchange as far as athletics were concerned. Okay.
2: Was there any thought of going to Ohio State which probably has more students than uh, Bowling Green has people?
3: Well, when I when I took the visit like I said, I didn't I didn't like it. It was too big. Uh I, I didn't like that. They had a they had a really solid freshman team before me. Uh they had Lucas Siegfried, uh, Noel, uh, a couple more guys. John there. Havlicek? John Havlicek. And I said, "Hey, I'll never play here." And plus the <laughs> plus the bicycles, you know? What I mean, you got I figured I would never find my way to all my classes. It was spread out too much for me. I didn't like that at all. So, BG was a better choice for me.
1: And then you get drafted by the Philadelphia Warriors, and your teammates Will Chamberlain. You must have thought to yourself, "Why me?"
3: I, no, no question. You said it right, right on the head. I'm sitting in the lunchroom. You know, back in those days, that you know, they didn't. I didn't even know it was draft day. You know, it wasn't a big deal like it is today. Going to New York and. Everybody knows when draft day is. I'm sitting in the lunchroom. A guy comes in and says, hey, you were drafted by the uh, Philadelphia Warriors. And I looked at him, and I knew. I said, I, he's, you know, that's got to be wrong because they have Will. I went back to the to the room. I got a call from my coach, and my coach says, hey, Nate, you were drafted by Philadelphia. And I said, is that true? He said, yeah. And I, and I couldn't believe it, I mean, because I knew that uh, Will was there. But uh, it turned out to be okay for me because I was able to be an understudy, and I learned a lot in practice playing against the most dominant player uh, of the era, and maybe of all time. And, and it was really a lesson. And, and, and plus, the fact that I got to play forward uh, to develop my outside shot a little bit. Uh, I, I played 24 minutes a game as a rookie, so it was just the right situation to, to break in without any pressure and to, uh, you know, get, get get involved with the different. Uh, nuances of the nba game what
2: was it like going up against wilt in practice
3: well it it was tough you know i mean i was weighing 232 soaking wet and Wilt was going 285 so it was a rude awakening you know this is the nba and i think again that was the best way to be awakened by a guy like wilt dunking on your head so uh you know i had to toughen up pretty quick uh you know because i definitely wanted to make the team and and uh you know, playing against a guy like that, you had to show a little something uh, as a first-round draft choice. Uh, so, uh, you know, it, 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 was a, it was a quick learning uh, curve that I had to go through, uh, but I appreciate it today. And what was a great teammate, you know, he was very friendly towards me and the other players. I mean, he wasn't, uh, you know, a superstar that uh, sat in one corner of the locker room and didn't talk. He was very gregarious type of guy. So it, it, it was a fun year and a half.
1: With Wilt, was there any ever talk about you being the power forward, him being the center? You had been the original Twin Towers before Samson Elijah with Houston.
3: Yeah, I did play. Most of my minutes, Wilt didn't ever come out of the game. So most of my minutes were at the power forward slot. And, uh, you know, when I first got there, of course, I wasn't uh, uh, adept to play at the power forward because, you know, I didn't have the outside shot going for me a little bit. A little bit better than maybe some centers. Uh, but I, you know, I quickly developed that in practice, being able to face up. I never was able to drive, uh, from the power forward position. Uh, and I certainly didn't play with my back to the basket because Wilt, you know, Wilt didn't like anybody in the pivot but him. So that was a learning curve that I had to go through. But uh, by the, by the end of the season, the playoffs, uh, we were playing against St. Louis and eventually, we played in the championship game, uh, series against Boston. And by that time, I'd become a little bit more adept to what I had to do to get on the floor.
2: Nowadays, the NBA doesn't have much in the way of uh, centers who play with their back to the basket anyway. So,
3: Well, now, today, you know, today's game has changed. I think that the last, uh, well, I'm going to say, maybe I'm missing somebody, it was Shaq. Shaq was the last dominant center to play with his back to the basket. Hakeem Olajuwon, I, I believe, in the last... Uh, 20 years, uh, did it better than anybody with all the moves he had, uh, you know, from the pivot position. And also he could go out to the, to the free throw line and shoot the jumper. Uh, Shaq obviously didn't do that, but he didn't have to. He had so much, uh, power, uh, down in the lane. But, uh, it's, it's becoming a long start. I think that, uh, you know, now you tend to lean more heavily on the guys on the floor who can hound the ball and, uh, you know, assist and bring everybody into the floor of the game. And I think that started with, uh, you know, Bird and Magic and and other players have taken on the the, the, the role. Uh, a guy like Durant, for example, who I saw the other night that out at Golden State here, uh, you know, the guy is six foot nine. You would think he was a six three guard the way he can uh, uh, hand on the rock. So, uh, you know, the, like I said, the athleticism of the players today, to me, is just a is just a wonder when you look back and see that some of the guys in my era who were great players could only go one way.
1: Who would guard Russell when you would play the Celtics? Would it be you or Will?
3: Will. Will guarded Russell from the center position. I, I had to mess with Heisen oh. uh, a little bit of Satch Sanders, whoever uh, the big forward was. Uh, but I remember he- Heisen a lot, throwing his elbows around, you know. so uh, oh,
2: He would never do a thing like that, would he? Oh, boy, <laughs> wouldn't
3: <it>? he? <laughs> that, that was part of his game. Yeah. Was to intimidate. Are you kidding me? So, uh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, any, uh, I used to guard a uh, Pettit, and uh, I could handle Pettit pretty good. I'll, I'll be, I'll say that, and I think Pettit would agree with that. Uh, so, uh, it, you know, it, it was a spot for me, and then, uh, I was able to help, uh, Will on the boards. So uh, my scoring, uh, should have, could have been better, uh, no, no question. It, it probably, if I had a known, uh, that I was going to be drafted by the Warriors, I started shooting that jump shot from the outside a little bit earlier than I did, but I had no idea. I thought I was going to be a center from the start.
2: One thing you probably couldn't have done much better is rebound. You're one of five uh, players in NBA history, along with Bill Russell, Will Chamberlain, Bob Pettit, and Jerry Lucas, to average 20 rebounds in a season. How did you do that?
3: Well, you know, rebounding to me is effort. You know, it's it's uh, it's effort and with me, uh, the training from my high school coach, hey, if you're a big man, go get the ball. You know, offensive boards, defensive boards, that's your job. Uh, he taught us, uh, Gus and I, uh, he taught us to, uh, play both ends of the floor. You have to rebound. You have to play defense. And, you know, he had a unique system, uh, Joe Seifert. He, he, he graded his players. We, we, we played a strict man to man because we had, we had some good defensive ball players. And he graded you by, if you if you scored 15 points and your man scored 22, then you were minus seven to the team. If you scored 16 and your man scored eight, then you were plus eight. And every year, Gus and I were you know, were, were the leading scorers. Gus was the leading scorer anyway. But after Gus left, I was a leading scorer at 15 points a game because my man averaged nine. So you know that taught me to play both ends of the floor. And certainly, uh, uh, in, in my NBA career, that was something that uh, I was able to lean on.
1: What was it like playing with Jerry Lucas?
3: Uh, well, Jerry Jerry was a good teammate, uh, good rebounder. Had a good shot, you know, kind of a a push shot, but he could he could certainly get that off. And, and a great guy to be around after the game. You know, he had a great memory and used to do a lot of card tricks and all that. <laughs> uh, I saw Jerry a couple years ago. I think now he might be living out in L.A. Uh, but uh, nice guy. I mean, you know, once I got over the uh, herd the, uh, of him getting all the publicity when we were in high school, then uh, then we got along fine.
2: What about Rick Barry?
3: Great guy. Uh, when I say great guy, great teammate. Uh, he, you know, one of, the, one of the greatest forwards of all time. I mean, people uh, put him down because of his personality on the floor. Not off the floor, but I always say that when you're talking about small forwards, the best three they all start would be Bird, Baylor, and Barry. You you can you can talk talk about anybody else you want. I'll take those either one of those three, and and, and I'll beat you. I mean, he could pass, he could shoot, and he was a coach on the floor. What can I say? Uh, when you when you when you talk about all-time greats, to me. He's in the top fifteen. He's got to be one of one of your small forwards on on the, one of the first three, you know three teams that you would pick uh, in, in the history of the NBA. In, we, in my mind,
1: we talked to Sam Jones last year, and he said that he doesn't feel Michael Jordan was the best player of all time. He thinks he was overrated.
3: <clears throat> well, there are a lot of old timers that I've been around that will say the same thing, and I will say this: if 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 it's not Oscar, then it's Michael. And I give the nod. I hope Oscar's not listening. <laughs> <laughs> I, give the, I give the nod to Michael only because in, in our day you didn't shoot the three-pointer. And I'm sure Oscar could handle that, but he didn't have to do it, and he didn't do it. So I didn't see that. But with Michael, I've seen the whole package from from the three-point line to the foul line to backing somebody down in the pivot I mean he did it all and he played great defense so I don't I don't know you know I don't know what Sam Jones is talking about everybody's entitled to their opinion but what I saw it, it, it's it's Michael or Oscar and I give the nod to Michael
2: and then one of the most exciting players previous to that Elgin Baylor. Was he just stood out because his style of play was so different? He he was the guy who would elevate, take the ball oh. to the basket.
3: Oh yeah, hang and twirl the ball around. Yeah, great. No no question. Great player and could rebound. Yeah he, yeah he could do it all too. There's there no question. And I saw a lot of him because I was in the Western Conference and of course LA was down there. And we play, we used to play them eight times a year. So I got I got enough of coaches and Jerry West going down scoring 60 points between the two of them. Uh and Jerry West is now with us uh, with the Golden State Warriors as an executive and uh, I just ran into him to him the other night at the game uh against Oklahoma City. And uh you know still a, a great gentleman, a great ambassador of the league, uh just a terrific guy. So uh I see him from time to time at the Warriors games and uh enjoy kind of reminiscing. Uh but Bay- Baylor as you said, terrific player. I mean You know, sometimes I had to guard him, and he'd always, you know, do his thing and shoot over me and say, too late, Nate. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he he was terrific. How did you get the nickname Big Nate? Well, uh, Big Nate uh, started, well, actually, my name when I was playing was, my nickname was Nate the Great. And uh, uh, Big Nate uh, started, you know, when I I started the restaurant business 20 years ago, you know, you want to make. You know, people think they're getting a lot of food or whatever. And, and, and my, I had a partner at the time, and he said, let's call it Big Nates. So that kind of, you know, my second career, uh, you know, people call me Big Nate. But when I was playing the NBA, it was Nate the Great. And that, I don't know how that came about, actually. So
2: you hold out hopes that the Warriors will win a championship one of these years?
3: Oh, we will. We will. We have new ownership, and uh, they're very positive people. They're very uh aggressive and uh Jerry is helping out uh, selecting people we made some bad choices uh 2 or 3 years and some draft choices but that will happen but I think we're going to straighten that out we have two dynamic guards uh we have a small forward that that uh, Dornell Wright is, is a good player we have David Lee so we have a, a small foundation we we just need another uh a dominant player uh a big guy and uh we we you know it's easy to to go from uh, from you know mid range or, or bottom of the of, of the uh, of the NBA to the top as you can see as you have seen with uh, Oklahoma City all you need is a couple of good draft choices and there are a lot of good players coming out this year so I'm hopeful that uh, if we don't make the playoffs uh, that we we get a, a a player or two out of the draft. And with the two dynamic guards we have, we're not that far away. I mean, our record doesn't indicate that, but uh, uh, we, we've been playing some good ball lately, and Mark Jackson has them playing better defense. Uh, there's, uh, there's a little bit of, uh, I, I think, good things over the horizon.
1: But none of them got a, tr- a quadruple-double like you did.
3: Well, yeah, n- not, well, n- no, but uh, David Lee the other night got a triple-double, and I thought that was great. Uh quadruple, double, you know, they don't come around every night. Uh, but, you know, there's only been about five or six of those, and I happened to be one of them. And uh, I remember that night, and I, the only thing I said after the game, they didn't know it until two days later. I don't know if you know that story, but it, it wasn't in the paper until two days later that, that that had happened. But I remember going home and saying, boy, I was busy tonight. That was my word, busy. And uh, it turned out that I was uh, quite busy that night.
1: And you did it as the Chicago Bull, which is what matters.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, yes, that's right. we in the Bulls uniform with Benny the Bull running around <laughs> in that organ. And they, they still play that organ in, 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 the, uh, in the new arena? They uh, have something not, they, similar. They have
2: piped in music. They don't have the organ. Not the okay. old organ.
3: Okay, that old organ. Boy, that, I tell you, that used to get me jacked up. <laughs> we could hear that down in the bowels of uh, old Chicago Stadium. And... Uh, and once we climbed those steps, we were ready to go to war. Uh, great great memories, uh, you know, Tom Borwinkle and Chet Walker, and, of course, the uh, now-departed uh, Van Leer and Sloan and Adelman. Uh, uh, Bob, uh, I hope I mentioned Bob Love. Uh, great teams and, and, and great teammates. Every now and then I talk to Bob Love. Uh, I think he's back there in Chicago with you guys now. And uh, great memories with those guys, although it didn't work out for me. Uh, you know, that system wasn't quite uh, uh, something that I'd been used to. But anyway, I've I developed some friendships that will last forever.
1: Thank you so much for your time. And we miss you here at the when, at the old Chicago Stadium.
3: Oh, well, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. And best of luck to the Bulls. Uh, uh, you have a terrific player in Rose. And I, I enjoy watching uh, Dang and uh, Joachim Noah. I mean, he gets more out of his talent than anybody I've ever seen. He's a hard worker.
1: Exactly. You enjoyed the music down there at the stadium, and so did the rats down there.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> thank you again. Okay, my pleasure.
1: There was Hall of Famer Nate Thurman. So are you ready yeah. for a very great guy? He sounds like a really nice man. You don't want to eat some of his barbecue? He's out of the business.
0: Yeah, thank you.
1: He'll come here and cook for you.
2: After the Arnold. <laughs>
0: Everything is after the Arnold. Life begins so after what, the Arnold. What,
2: what becomes the first pig out food after the Arnold, after you get off the stage?
0: Well, here's, here's the problem. You know, they judge live Thursday night, and then if you make the top ten, um, you have to come back and compete again on Saturday. So there's a layover day. So really, the fun doesn't begin until Saturday afternoon, oh. and uh, I will be headed right back to the Cheesecake Factory. Uh, the avocado right. egg rolls are one of my favorites. A little pasta. A little pasta. A little red velvet cake. A, little, a lot of red velvet. So
1: who was at this uh, dinner last year? You... This and Helena, cheap. just the two of you? Her mom. Her, her son. mom,
0: My mom, my son, yeah.
1: Oh, okay, I didn't know if some of the other fitness competitors were there. No, it's not an official dinner. It's just...
0: No, this is, it Canada. was the afternoon. It was like 1 o'clock in the afternoon, and we just all were like, let's go to the Cheesecake Factory. We're hungry. Well, oh, I know <laughs> if the Nicole
1: the Komenir was there. and
2: Yeah,
0: uh, but you find... People
2: walk in, you say, oh, she was a competitor.
0: Right. And you can tell who is a competitor because they're basically that umpa lumpa orange. You know, everybody's all tanned up and you Bron- can tell.
2: Bronzed. And
0: maybe they're carrying a trophy like I was. Right.
2: Did anyone think Elliot was a competitor? No. They don't have the overweight division.
0: Actually, Senior division? Didn't our <laughs> waiter sit down with us?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> our waiter sat down at the table with they us. made himself at home. And chatted himself up.
1: Who was he chatting with, you or Elliot? Not with me. Oh,
3: okay.
1: <laughs> I thought Elliot was the catch of the day. No. Whoa.
2: <laughs> Easy now.
0: No, you know, it, it's a huge, huge four day event. I mean, you know, everybody benefits so much from Arnold doing it there. Um, you know, they had 175,000. People go through the expo last year. They made $63 million. There's over 18,000 athletes, uh, that come to the event. It, you know, besides the bodybuilding, it's gymnastics, archery, MMA, um, bowling, painting. They actually have the second year, um, it's a, like a Sundance film festival that they're doing again this year. So a lot is going on there. I mean, something for everybody, really. Cheerleading. I mean, right. they have all, all ever- sorts of competitions, gymnastics.
2: all age groups. Yes. All skill sets. So they take over the city. Yes. Basically, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, you everything is... They take is... over the
2: convention center, then there's a memorial auditorium that they hold events at. It's on several locations. The festival itself in the Columbus Convention Center, and you walk up and down the aisles, and I remember walking in there and just being overwhelmed with all the people and all the booths. It...
0: To give you an idea, it's kind of like the uh, McCormick Place. It's that big of a place, and it's kind oh, of yeah. like the car show, but just imagine of bodybuilding,
2: you know, and, and
0: MMA fighting and And the people boxing walking the
2: aisles... And aren't the competitors, but they look like they can, oh, could okay. compete this or, or draws, they want to compete or wannabes, whatever. This
0: draws everybody, It's you an know. interesting
2: crowd. You should go sometime.
0: It's oh. definitely worth the, the seven-hour drive. Is,
2: is uh, Giselle Buncham going to be there? I
0: don't I think, don't think, think so. Is, I don't think we're having Victoria's
2: <laughs> Secret. They haven't gotten to the skinny supermodel competition yet.
1: <laughs> right. I want to get into that real quick.
2: You why want to are get they, into Giselle Bunchen? Why you might are they? Have to talk to Tom wait a minute, Brady wait a minute. About...
0: I'm from New York. Can we just focus on uh, the New York Giants winning? No, but Can I. I just... Congratulations. Yeah, Brandon thank you, Jacobs. Thank you. He said that
1: yeah, she should keep
2: her mouth shut. She's a pretty face. What's wrong with that? Well, then, he, then somebody tapped, must have tapped him on the shoulder and said, Brandon, you better apologize. If we're For gonna... what? He said she's a pretty so, face. So, so he apologized.
1: That's where she made her money, being a pretty face. Among other things, body parts. I mean, would you be upset if someone said you were a pretty face?
0: No, but, I but, probably... but if somebody
1: told you to shut up, you might, because <laughs> nobody tells Helena to shut
0: up. <laughs> well, Helena doesn't say things in public that maybe <laughs> should be said in private.
1: Right? Yeah. <laughs> but the Giants won, so you're happy.
0: Yeah, they, they did. It was a great game. My son and I watched it with our new puppy, and um, it was his first Super Bowl, the yeah. puppy. <laughs> you didn't watch
2: the puppy bowl with the
0: puppy? We did. Elliot, I'm so glad <laughs> you brought that up. We actually went on demand and watched a little bit of the Puppy Bowl with the Puppy Cam, and
2: okay. you know that's
0: good stuff. It's it's you know it's so much horrible Puppy things. Power. Ta 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 ta. <laughs> Scrappy. Exactly. <laughs> yes. So many horrible things going on in the world today. It's nice to really just take a moment out and watch puppies. I mean, who doesn't? You know, puppies make you happy.
1: Definitely. But it's this Arnold's going to be interesting this year. You think? It is. I mean, I never knew about this thing to. Helena came in last year. I never knew what the Arnold was.
0: Well, I'm hoping to come back after the Arnold's over and we with, can talk with about With the trophy. Another, with another trophy. A little bit larger? Um, actually, it'll be the same size. Hopefully, the place will just be higher. Oh, okay. You know, I want to come in. We want to ixnay that five and come in one through four because only- uh, no, no, um, no, 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 no. Yeah, we want to come in one. 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 <laughs> yeah, you let's-
1: Aim for the highest. You Call it like we rem- see it. Thank you so much for your time. It was a pleasure talking to you. Want Thanks to thank, for having me. We want to thank all our guests today, Pat Summerall, Nate Thurman, And, Elliot, another great show. Thank our Salmon, Dave Olson, and stay tuned again next week for another great show.